We're back again this week with an INEA Type 2. I had the great privilege of interviewing Josh Green for this episode. Josh is the co-founder of the Instagram page, Just My INEA Type. If you follow Enneagram feeds on Instagram, you have most likely seen this page. He and his friend, Liz Carver, do an amazing job of combining good content with great graphics, making it fun to learn about the different aspects of the Enneagram. The Type 2 is our true helper. They are sincere, friendly, generous, and self-sacrificing. If you know a Type 2 or have ever met one, you would instantly notice their genuine desire to make you feel at home and to serve you in whatever way you need. Because of their need to be loved in return, they can also be flattering, possessive, and people-pleasing. At their best, they are considerate, selfless, and capable of unconditional love. Listen as we break down some of the key aspects of the Enneagram as they pertain to the helper. You will truly enjoy hearing from Josh as he gives real-life examples of both the strengths and the struggles of a Type 2. Josh, thanks so much for being here with me today on this podcast episode. I'm excited to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm excited to be here too, and it's an an honor to be invited. Well, good. Thank you again. Um, Before we get started talking about Enneagram stuff, I just wanted to give you an opportunity to tell us a little bit more about yourself. Yeah. So my name is Josh Green. I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, um, where I've lived for about the past 10 years. I'm originally from the Philadelphia area. Okay. Um, I work for InterVarsity Christian Fellowship, which is uh, a multi-denominational Christian uh, ministry that serves college and university students and faculty all across the country. And so, yeah, I work at my alma mater, Marquette University in Milwaukee. Okay. I live with two roommates in a great neighborhood. I've lived in the same neighborhood for the last five years. Yeah, and the uh, Enneagram, uh, the whole Enneagram thing with the Instagram account and then a book coming up that just started as just a fun side hustle with me. Yeah. Um, Right. Yeah, that's been going on. The Instagram account in particular has been going on for since December of 2018. So coming up on a year and a half. Okay, cool. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I want to talk more about that. You um, you said you're from Philadelphia, so originally an East Coast boy. Yes. Actually went to school in Pennsylvania. And oh, okay. Yeah, on the weekends we would go over to church in Philadelphia. So. Oh, nice. Where'd kind you of go? Familiar. I went to Valley Forge Christian College. No way. I'm from Phoenixville. That's like 10 minutes. No. We're my parents' house. No way. That is... is not the biggest place on the No, map. it's not. That is insane. I wow. the second person I've ever met out in the real world who's like really? there. Yes. Yeah. I... So we'd like head over to the King of Prussia Mall. Yep. Yep. Free yeah. afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. Oh man, that place has changed so much in the last I'm sure. Five, 10 years. Oh man. Yeah, that is crazy. I yep, I grew up. I had baseball practices at Valley Forge Christian College like all the time. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. That's wild. That's wild. That's so fun. (laughs) Well, cool. So great. And so your Enneagram side hustle began with your friend Liz. Did you guys meet at school? Was that? No. So we go to the same church in Milwaukee. Uh, Liz works at that church. Okay. And um, it started, let's see, it would have been summer of 2017. We were at a friend's birthday party and we were talking about the Enneagram and how we like, we, you know, we're both interested in it. And then this is before it was like super mainstream, like everybody yeah. about it. 
so some of her friends were still not really sure what it was. And so they were asking questions about, you know, what it is, how does it work? So Liz and I just started explaining it a little bit. And then we asked our other friend just some questions to help her figure out like what her type is. Right. And we, we, the way we were like, you know, riffing off of each other in that whole conversation, we're like, this is super fun. We should like make this our side hustle or something. Yeah, yeah. And then that was just like a thought, like Liz was finishing up seminary at the time. Like, I mean, we're both like super busy for the next like six months or so. Yeah. But then it was around a little bit after that, that we're like, okay, what should we actually do about this? And Liz had the idea of doing like an adult Sunday school class, like at our church okay. on the Enneagram. And we're like, wow, that was that would be really fun. I, <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah, I, I'm honored that I would be asked to teach a class about this when, you know, I, I like you have like read a lot, like listened to a lot, but I'm not, you know, you know, I'm not like a, a Richard Rohr, or like some sort of like expert in the right, field or anything. Yeah. Like that. So, we did that fall of 2018, and it was super fun. Like, cool. exceeded our expectations in every single way. Yeah. Um, we learned so much. Um, <clears throat> we had really great people participate in that. And then it was after that, you know, a bunch of people, the feedback we got from the class, it was like really positive and really like, like some people even said like, oh, you should take the show on the road. You should do other <laughs> stuff. And so right. maybe a week or two after the class ended, we got breakfast um, just to talk about like, okay, what's next? And we said, okay, maybe we should make an Instagram account because Liz is like a graphic designer. She does all the visuals. Okay. Um, and we're like, okay, yeah, that'd be a good first step. And then, so we made an Instagram account, About a week okay. later we launched our first series. Uh-huh. And by the end of the series, no, by the end of the second series, we posted the first one in a couple of days and we posted the next one over the course of five days. So in a span of like 10 days of after having the account, we had 2000 followers and we're like, Oh my gosh, this is, <laughs> this is a real thing. Like yeah. this is reaching far more than just our friends. Right. Um, and it just kept growing from there. Wow. Yeah. Wow, very cool. And so yeah. what, what part do you play now in the Instagram account? Yeah. So I like 90% of the time you see someone like posting in the stories, uh, writing the caption, Mm-hmm. Um, like responding to DMs, responding to comments. Ninety percent of the time, that's me. Okay. Um, the way Liz says it is that I'm more like the voice of the account, so I do a lot of the the writing and stuff. And we like we collaborate on the content a lot together. Right. Liz does all the the graphics and the design. And a lot of times when we do the series that like are you know asking our followers for like for input in any way. Um, Sometimes she'll do it. Sometimes we'll both like sort through all their data and like organize it and everything. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah, yeah, it's definitely grown. And I know that um, it's been, your site is very helpful to a lot of people. I, um, I don't know if you remember when you guys did um, wings, uh-huh. You collabed with a friend of mine. Oh, Greg, really? Yes, from Soy Mi Tipo. Soy Mi Tipo, yeah. yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. That was, he, he, his account is great. And oh, it's so really great. wonderful. And Yeah. Liz and I both um, speak Spanish and okay. spent time in, like, um, in Spain or Latin America. And we, uh, so we found, we found this account. We're like, oh my gosh, this is an Enneagram account in Spanish and yes. his art is incredible. Yes. Let's let's see if yes. we can collaborate on something and yeah so and actually fun. he was um i so i did a series already in spanish a podcast in spanish and he was on my type two episode oh, also 
Oh, nice. I did yeah. not know he was a two. He's a two. Yep. That's great. That is <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Well, awesome. So um, for those of the people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about just my Enneotype. I don't think we mentioned that. So that's mm-hmm. the, the Instagram handle where they can find that. Um, so tell us how you discovered that you're a type two. Yes. So I first was introduced to the Enneagram a little over four years ago. Okay. Um, and it was through my work with InterVarsity. Um, I was on a little retreat with my staff team and we have uh, like a spiritual director um, uh-huh. for, for like our formation um, who she's, uh, she was in her late sixties at the time and she's been doing stuff with the Enneagram for like 25 years. And so she would talk about it a lot. And it was just like a beautiful, mysterious thing that <laughs> so much more than like, you know, Myers-Briggs or, and she would talk about it in terms of the triads. Um, okay. And the way she talked about twos, threes, and fours about how we're more uh, relationship oriented, more image conscious, more like activity prone. Right. Um, I was like, oh yeah, that sort of sounds like me. Definitely more than the other two do. Yeah. <laughs> and it was not long after that when uh, a friend of mine who also had been into the Enneagram for a little bit longer described it such that twos only find value if other people need them. And it was like that mm. like sinking, like pit in your stomach sort of thing where I'm like, <laughs> oh wait, shoot, no, 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 no. That can't, that, that can't be me. That's not me. And then later on she said twos, I mean, she's just describing certain types in general. And I, I think she saw that I might be wondering like, oh man, am I a two? Um, she said that with twos, we get frustrated that nobody invests in us or cares about us the way that we care for other people. Right. The truth is that doesn't happen because we don't let other people do that. Right. <laughs> it was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like, you know, my like a shot straight to the heart because right. I, I'm like, I know those people and they're the worst. You can't tell me I am one of those people. Right. <laughs> I was like, so I was so uncomfortable with it. But the more I looked at it, I realized, like, oh, my gosh, I am, I think I was, like, 24 at the time. And I was, like, I don't know when people ask me how I'm doing in a way that's, like, you know, stop, slow everything down. Josh, tell me, how are you? Right. I don't know how to answer that question. (laughs) My default response is to just give a couple bullet points about my life and then just (laughs) flip it back on them and start asking them about their lives. Yeah. I, like, internally panic whenever whenever people would do that, I'm like, oh man, that's probably a telltale sign that I right. often neglect myself for the right. sake of others. Yeah. Right. So. And for twos, it's hard to recognize your own needs, mm-hmm. much less communicate those yep. to other people. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Very true. And a lot of times yep. as you're saying, I think people discover or not so not only discover, a lot of people might discover their type, but then they really accept it mm-hmm. when they get into those details that aren't so fun to yes. listen to. <laughs> yes. But that's kind of when you can't turn the other way. You can't exactly. run away and say exactly. No. <laughs> exactly. And that's why Liz and I don't really recommend people like take tests. Because right. yeah, I mean maybe they'll be right, maybe they won't be, but you won't right. really know until you get to that like, oh my gosh, somebody read my diary and published it for the whole world to see. Exactly. I'm so uncomfortable. Get me out of here. That's yeah. when you know. Yes, that's so true. And that's what I love as an Enneagram coach, walking through this with people and watching, kind of witnessing those moments over and over again mm-hmm. of um, someone getting to one of those places and just 
thinking or having that realization of, oh my gosh, like yes. how did you know that about me? Or how did yes. That's yeah. Yep. That's, it's so great though, because that's what I love, like you said too. It's Enneagram's different from Myers Briggs, it's different mm-hmm. from these other typing systems because when you get to that place, that's kind of like your starting point to then do the deep work. Yes. And the Enneagram maps it out for you and it gives you that yes. those steps. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I love it so much. Yeah. So tell tell us in your own words, what would be your summary of of a type two? Oh man. Um and we'll talk more about the different aspects yes. of how that looks like, but what would yes. you what would your summary be? So like you said earlier, we don't know what we want and we don't know what we need because we form our whole identity and our whole sense of value based off of the role or the space that we take up in the lives of other people. And we sort of thrive off of being like that essential piece of an equation for somebody else. Yeah. And that's how we, we, we need to be needed. That's like a core need for it too, is to be needed. Yeah. We love being necessary, um, especially for like people who we love. And we take that as some sort of like validation when they right. ask us for help or when they come to us to like process some hard thing in their life. Yeah. Um, yeah. We like everything is about the people around us. To the sake that we don't even know who we are behind mm. that. Um, because we, we define ourselves by like who we are in relation to like the people that we love and the people that we care about. Yeah, yeah, very true. Very, very true. And the, the two is described as the helper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I've been um, one of my favorite moments from a group session that I was doing. <clears throat> Excuse me, we were just talking about um, the different aspects of motivations. And then we broke up into groups and we were doing some group work so that they could learn more about motivations. And Mm -hmm. at one moment I turned around, I had broken them up into groups by type and I turned around to go to another group and all the twos were walking around with pitchers of water, snacks, and (laughs) they completely ignored the instruction of what they were supposed to be doing, and they were worried about everyone else's well-being. Embarrassing, (laughs) embarrassingly on brand for us. It was perfect, though, because it was a type in action, and I got to use it as an example. Yes. In the moment. (laughs) Yep, it's so true. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great, and I, what I also love about this I had someone and I haven't responded yet but someone just responded to a post from the series I'm in right now Mm -hmm. Um, I posted on a six yesterday and said oh I hate being a six six is the worst type and Mm -hmm. but what I love is being able to share with people that everybody has oh yeah it's an equal amount of good points an equal amount of not so good points. oh yeah yeah (laughs) and Yeah. yeah so so, yeah, when people ask me, like, oh, what type would you rather be or what type would you not want to be? Yeah. Uh, my answer is always, like, none of them. Yeah. <laughs> they all sound exhausting in their own ways, <laughs> but also they have, like, really great gifts to contribute to the world, yeah. too. Yeah. Um, but I'm familiar, having known enough people and knowing the Enneagram long enough, there's no, there's no one other person's, like, nonsense that I envy like more than my own you know because we all yeah there's just ugly messy parts of like every single one of us and I think that's yeah. that's what I love about the Enneagram is that it sort of like levels the playing the, the levels the playing field yeah in that way so true 
Yeah, so you've already mentioned a couple of these points, but I just want to make sure we spell it out. Um, mm -hmm. What motivates a type two? Because motivation is the most important part of what the Enneagram is, because mm -hmm. we all have uh, outward behaviors that kind of typify mm -hmm. each Enneotype, but mm -hmm. we also have behaviors that we share. Mm -hmm. And so we can't always nail down, nail down someone's type because of their outward behavior. It comes down to what motivates those behaviors. So what is the motivation of a type two? Yeah. Um, being needed, mm -hmm. just being necessary yeah. in the lives of other people. Um, I think with that, it comes like being connected to yeah. others. Um, yeah. Huge fear of ours is like total isolation and disconnection yeah. from people. Um, making the lives of people we love better <laughs> um and more more whatever like more more safe more um enjoyable more full uh we just love helping people get what they need yeah. uh, and oftentimes we yeah we, it's easy for us to see like, oh, it's so easy. How come you can't just do, like, whatever? <laughs> like, do this thing that's clearly good for you. Just do it. Right. Yeah. I think those are those would be some of the core things that motivate us. Yeah. Um, so what wing do you identify with more? Three. For okay. Sure. For sure. Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right. And um, for those that are listening that don't know what wings are, I'm just going to mm -hmm. explain a little bit. Wings are the two types that are on either side of your main type. And they're kind of, I like to say that they're resources because there are some people that definitely, like you just said, you definitely lean towards one wing more yeah. than the other. Yep. Um, but you also have access to the other wing. Sometimes yep. it takes a little bit more intentionality mm -hmm. to, to use that wing. Um, mm -hmm. Okay, so tell me why. Why do you lean more to, towards the three? Um, I definitely, there's a lot of me that cares about um, status and achievement. Okay. And wanting to be recognized as whatever um, yeah. the situation requires. Yeah. Um, I have friends who are threes who describe like being a three as like you just have radar that just sort of like goes out everywhere, just like picking up on like what people want, what people like, what makes them laugh, what makes them yeah. think you're like this. And I definitely relate to that um, a lot. Sometimes I have a harder time like, I don't know, responding authentically just because I'm just so aware of, like, everything right. going on around me. Right. Um, I'm pretty competitive. I like goals. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, I tell people that the, the Apple Watch definitely has to have been invented by an Enneagram 3 because you can see, like, the Apple Watch, <laughs> Fitbit, whatever, um, that you can see every single day, like, oh, I've taken this many steps, and that's, like, this many more than I've taken in the last few days. And then there's that like, this, I can make these goals for this whole month or for this week or whatever. It's funny that you mentioned the Apple watch because I was at dinner with my husband not too long ago and he, had, he has his Apple watch. Of course he's a type three. Right. And, uh, and he, I saw him do something with his watch and then he laughed. He said, do you know what I just did? I said, no, I have no idea what you did. And he had, I didn't know that you could do this, but he had changed the color of the screen to match his outfit. <laughs> You can do that. that oh my gosh. It's, oh my yeah. gosh. That, that is amazing. Oh yeah. yeah, there's threes and then those of you with that wing, very aware yep. of Yep. Oh my gosh. That is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I never would think of doing that. Well, there you go. There's a new idea for you. Wow. That, that's the first time I've ever even heard of that. That's brilliant. <laughs> 
yeah. Oh. Appearance is very important. Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about integration and disintegration. Yes. Um, which is where we go, integration when we're healthy, when mm -hmm. we're at our best, disintegration mm -hmm. when we're under stress or not in our best moment. Mm -hmm. um, a type two, when they're integrating, when they're healthy, um, they go to a type four. Mm -hmm. And they begin to recognize a little bit more their own feelings that they normally mm -hmm. have a hard time seeing. They are more compassionate with themselves. They yeah. become a little bit more introspective. Yep. Um, how does that look like for you? Can you give us some examples of what that would look like? Yeah, I think for me, it means being able to name my own feelings and feel them for myself. Because it can be so easy for us to just like, as far as like feelings and like deep internal struggles or whatever go just live vicariously through other people <laughs> in that way and right. just like feel other people's feelings rather than our own yeah. so for me when I'm able to stop and say like I'm really sad or I'm really frustrated or I'm really angry at whatever um, being able to feel it and say it out loud and describe what is for me is just like a sign of health because I'm not neglecting myself. I'm not neglecting my own feelings or my own well-being. That's good. Yeah, I just get much more in touch with all of that, like for my own for my own sake. Right. Yeah. Right. Very good. Okay. And on the other hand, one of the things we don't like talking about as much <laughs> is when we're under stress or what our direction of disintegration is. And for mm -hmm. a two, it's going to an eight. Yep. The eight, which is um, a very outgoing uh, personality, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, the challenger. And so for an eight, what does that look like? It usually means becoming a little bit more aggressive. Yes. Um, some people would even use the word manipulating, which does not sound <laughs> very pretty, but uh, true, controlling, yep, yep. aggressive. Do any of these things ring a bell? Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> so, so my dad is an eight, and he's okay. like, pretty well integrated especially considering he didn't really know what the enneagram was or have any language for any of this right until like the last couple of years so i think there was a lot of like good and like healthy like eightness that i like grew up around that yeah. like rubbed off on me in some ways but i know that yeah. when i'm stressed or not doing well i can um have uh <laughs> i can you normally i care too much what other people think i think when i'm not doing well like don't care enough what other people think and I just know what I want or I know what needs to be done and just can like steamroll over people okay. I know that I can like say I, I'm that my words can like carry a lot of weight when I'm like not doing well that I can totally just like I don't know suck whatever it is out of a room that I that like isn't helpful that I can just okay. like plow ahead with whatever it has to be and part of that has to do I mean Part of that has to do with the eight and stress, but also like it's influenced by the fact that I'm like a white man who's like taller and like can, takes up more space and like right. yeah. um, but there's already like, I don't know, it comes with when I'm like angry or frustrated or stressed, it, it can like, I can take up way more space than I normally do. Yeah. Um, sometimes in a good way, like not all stress is like bad stress, right? But like, I think a lot, I need to be super careful because I can totally make people feel like squashed if I'm not doing well or I'm feeling too upset about yeah. something. Yeah. Something that you made me said made me think of this. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but I want, I'd like to ask you. So as you probably know, um, for a type two, sometimes mm -hmm. type two is looked at uh, as a very nurturing type. Mm -hmm. It seems to be more typical 
in mm-hmm. women. On the mm-hmm. other hand, we're talking about eights too. Eights, mm-hmm. on the flip side, is kind of easier to accept as a man. Mm-hmm. And sometimes there are things that come along with an, an eight that doesn't quite seem to fit a woman. I've yep. been able to talk to eights that are women and what how that feels like for them. Can you tell me, because um, I think it's great. I love talking to, and my, my brother's a two, mm-hmm. one of my really good friends that's a, a male is a two. And I think it's so important to understand what that looks like. And then just the importance of there being two males in the world mm-hmm. um, and mm-hmm. having those characteristics portrayed through you as yeah. a man. Yeah. Um, what can you say to that? Oh man, there's a whole lot <laughs> that could be said. <laughs> um, for one, I think that I have noticed as a two, I have a very relational disposition towards others um, and just needing connection with friends and family members. And I think a lot of times the world's message for for men, both explicitly and implicitly, is more that like feelings and the like sentimental type stuff isn't as okay or it's like less masculine or whatever and and especially a lot of times like in christian circles um like they say like oh to be a man is to be like a husband and a father and like out in the world and like making money and like climbing up the ladder and like whatever right. and there's like nothing no other space there for like friends and uh relationships with community that's like so important and so like nurturing and so like life sustaining yeah Uh, it's not really acknowledged that doesn't really compute oftentimes with like what is explicitly and implicitly communicated about what a man should be like yeah so when I think about what it means for me to be a two as a man there is a lot uh there's there's a lot of times when I feel like, is it okay for me to express this sort of thing about like my friends or about my community or to have like such a high value for platonic friendships? I don't know. To just like tell people that I love them and that I care about them and why the specific things about them that I really love and that I really value. And that's been a huge part of me that I've always felt like I've had to like tone down Mm -hmm. um, because of, I don't know, what is said to be true about like, you know, Stereotypes. Yeah, stereotypes of like men and women and all of that. So I think that's definitely part of it, what it's like for me. Yeah. I I mean, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think you said it really well. And I think that's important for other men that identify with a type two Mm -hmm. to hear Mm -hmm. and and to understand it's who you are. It's who you need to be. Yeah. And we need that. Yeah. Yeah. We we need that from men also. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. Yeah. No, and I like, yeah, there's just so many things where I'm like, this should be, we need to normalize things like that for men and for everybody. Like we need to normalize telling your friends that you love them and why you love them and what yeah. you appreciate about them or like what they contribute to this thing. We need to normalize that. We need to normalize like being super aggressive to like make space for relational connection. Um <laughs> I have a friend, like one of the nicest things that I have heard recently was a friend, I think she wrote, it was like a Christmas card or something. She was like, I see and I've been, I've I've benefited from you like 
kicking down walls to like make space like for friendship or for quality time among other people. Um, and I'm like, yeah, thank you. Cause I do try really hard for that and this shouldn't be, this should be a normal thing, but it's not. So yeah, yeah I don't know. Like things like that. Um, yeah. I feel like we need to be not only like given permission to like, be like, no, 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 this is, this is good. You shouldn't ever have to feel bad or feel yeah. like, you need to tone it down for this sort of thing. Right. Very good. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah, so what's your favorite thing about being a type two? <laughs> um, so in a, not all twos are like extroverted. Um, <laughs> I am though. Um, so I think the high side of it, of like the connection with other people and truly seeing what your friends need or like what would truly make them come alive or like, give them like the next step to like whatever it is that they're going for and being able to give that out of not obligation and not just like pulling a string so they get something in return, but just like when you're done, when you've done the work and you're healthy and integrated and you're able to just give that freely and generously and just really because you love them and you want to see them live their best life, you know, and being able to just enjoy, truly enjoy and celebrate just living life with others and the role that we play in each other's lives like that, just being, having a sharp eye for that and how um, we see each other and how we need each other in that way is the best. I say all the time that like, I know (laughs) the best people in the whole world and I'm sure there are other, you know, I'm sure that's not like, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of people that think that and they're all right. You know, I'm just so thankful for the countless people who like, I get to be a part of their life and they get to be a part of my life. Right. And um, that's like the air we breathe as twos, right? And, yeah. I, and I, yeah. I, I wouldn't change that for anything. Wow, that's so good. Okay, and on the flip side of that, I know you've we've talked about some of the behaviors and things that twos go to under stress, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. what do you think, if you could pinpoint one thing, what would be your biggest struggle being a type <laughs> two? Um, this isn't unique to just being a two. I think there's other types that experience this in their own ways, but I like cannot handle if someone's like mad at me or disappointed in me or uh, feels like I wronged them in some way. I feel like the world might as well be over. (laughs) I am a terrible person who's like worth nothing. (laughs) Um, This relationship is doomed. There's no way, whatever. Cause like we have so much grace to extend for other people, but like none for ourselves because everything that we do is based off of like some sort of like social transaction that we constantly need to be in the black for. Otherwise like not, things aren't going to be okay. Um, So I think just that, uh, unwillingness or inability to like extend grace to ourselves yeah like earn our way towards that like love and acceptance and forgiveness from other people yeah the disposition towards that is not fun (laughs) not fun at all um and really i mean it's rooted in pride right thinking that like we're somehow so special that like if everyone else is worthy of like being given a second chance or being like, Oh no, 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 no worries. Like stuff happens, whatever. Like if we're, everyone else is worthy of that, but we're not like what makes us so special that we like can't, that we can't, you know what I mean? So that's a lot of the ugly side that I don't really enjoy a whole lot. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you said that 
Um, maybe it's not just a type two thing and others deal with it. I'm sure yeah. others do to an extent, but you did come across very two-ish with yeah. that explanation. <laughs> oh, that's good. That's good. Um, what can people that are closest to you, whether it's family, friends, mm -hmm. um, the people in your closest circle, what can they do to help you be your healthiest virgin? Mm. Um, or if you had the chance, if they were listening, yeah. what would you tell them? <laughs> um, oh man, there's a, there's, there's a few things. So there's the, 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 the more like harsh or sharper side of like, you know, forming me and making me a healthier person. And, yeah. um, which would be sometimes being told lovingly, but directly, like whether it's like being called out on my nonsense or be one thing that I, especially again, like this partly has to do with the fact that I'm a two partly has to do with the fact of like my social location as a white man in this world. Um, yeah. I need to be told more than others that Josh, it's not about you. Like, mm -hmm. it's not about you. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's, that's like an intersection of a few things, but I think there is definitely a two flavor to that. Um, mm -hmm. Because, like I said, we want to be needed. We want to be necessary. We want to be an essential piece of every equation when, like, really it's not about us a lot of the time. So knowing when that we need to be reminded of that is really big. I think also asking us hard questions and not letting us get away with the not not letting us get away with shallow answers or oh, that's good like knowing when we're just like putting up what you want us to think so that we can move on um and knowing like when we're ignoring like what's really going on underneath like people who are close i feel like know when twos are doing that yeah so i would say like not not letting me do that and like being you sometimes you have to be very persistent um, like ask like three or four times, you know, <laughs> I think of one time in particular, this is right around the time I was like getting into the Enneagram. Uh -huh. Um, a friend asked me, I was like back in Pennsylvania for the summer. I mean, for like two weeks in the summer. And one of my friends says like, so how's it going? And I'm like, Oh, you know, things are good, whatever. And he was like, wait, stop right there. <laughs> He's so funny. He, he like put up his little hand. He's like, hi, I'm Josh. I work in ministry, blah, 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 blah. And then he like takes, puts it over his face and goes like, <laughs> and like takes, pretends to like take the whole mask off. Right. Right. Like, hey, so how are you? Yeah. Like, oh, shoot. I don't think I've ever been called out like this in my entire life, but um, right. it was just like, that stuck with me. I mean, that was four years ago. It's totally stuck with me that like, we try to like downplay like how we are doing or like, our own contributions, even though we secretly really long for that. Um, right, right. Uh, but we downplay it a lot. And so that's like sort of like a, a default behavior for us. So when people like see that, call it out, and then ask like what's really going on, um, mm -hmm. that, that is helpful. Um, and I think also when we do express more vulnerable things, like whether it's like having to cancel on people because we like overextended ourselves, um, saying we need something, saying that we're just like sort of tired and at the end of our ropes, like whatever it is, whenever we feel safe enough to express that, like yeah. that needs to be validated. That's good. Uh, and also um, just reminded of like, put yourself in, put yourself in their shoes or put yourself in the shoes of the other person. And you'd know that like, if you were on the other end of this, you would totally have grace for this person because you get it. You get yeah. that the life goes, that we're perfect. We mess up sometimes. Like, I remember one time I was flying somewhere and my flight got delayed and it was not going to get into like 3 a.m. or something. I felt so bad. And I was like texting um, like a group chat with my cousins about 
like how I felt so bad. And I'm like, what am I going to do? Just like freaking out. And then uh, my cousin, Rachel, who I love, she texted me and said, Josh, shut up. Like if you were like, if you were in their position, you wouldn't think twice about it. You would do it gladly. And I was like, Oh, you're right. I would, you know, I would get it. It was delayed and it doesn't matter if I don't get it until 3 a.m. Like, that's fine. I was like, okay. And I was able to just let it go because she, you know, like sometimes, I mean, like, especially if there's enough relational trust there, you can't be like, shut up. Okay. (laughs) Right. That's good. And I think it's so good for people to know those things too, Mm -hmm. uh, because we're used to your default behavior, your normal behavior. And sometimes it's hard for people to see beyond that or to know when to say something. Yes. Or when to draw you out Mm -hmm. when you Mm -hmm. need to say more. So Yeah, it's true. Yeah, so that's good. Well, there's so much more we could talk about regarding Mm -hmm. a type two. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It it really is never ending. I know. So many layers. Um, But we'll have to save it for another time. Before we disconnect, I just want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit more about the book that you guys are working on. Yes. Yes. So Liz and I, through pretty much a lot of the second half of 2019, we were writing a book that, you know, people reached out to us like on our Instagram account and asked if we wanted to write a book. So we have a book coming out called What's Your Enneatype um, by Liz Carver and Josh Green. Um, It's coming out sometime this fall. We're in the process of like editing and putting some final touches on it right now. Um, Yeah, Liz illustrated it. Um, So some of the graphics will like look familiar to what we've seen on Instagram. Right. Um, It's beautiful as all of Liz's art is. But yeah, it's basically just an overview of the nine types and how we can use the Enneagram for personal growth, for relational growth, for like knowing and understanding like ourselves and other people and the world around us better. It's written as like a pretty one-on-one level book, like the publisher to be such that you could pick up the book and if you know nothing about the Enneagram and read it. So there's a, it's like a, it's a beautiful visual guide that no matter where you are on the Enneagram journey, um, we hope that there's still something for you to learn there. Um, Yeah. That's exciting. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll look forward to to getting that and Thank you. helping you guys promote that. Thank you have you. to consider later getting it into Spanish. Oh, I think they are. I think I'm pretty sure they are translating it into different languages. And so okay, that's why Liz's art needed to be like, you know, a certain way because they right. wanted to like translate it. Okay. Um, I would imagine they would translate it to Spanish. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's the publisher wanted to do too. So Good, good. That's awesome because there's not enough resources available yeah. for mm-hmm. sure. So that'll be, that'll be exciting. Well, good. I'm so glad. So um, the best way to get in touch with you guys is just my Enneatype. Yes. On, on Instagram. Instagram. Yep. Perfect. That is the way to get in touch with us. Okay. Um, we get a ton and ton of comments, but we look at a lot of our, like almost all of our DMs. So okay. um, that's the way to do it. And then there's like information there on like ways you can contact us via like email or like ordering our stuff or whatever it's and on that account it's linked to both liz and my personal instagram accounts too okay great well good well thank you again for being with us today yeah thank you so much Instagram story yeah thank you so much misty it was really great being on here well good i'm glad and hopefully we'll get to do it again sometime in the future yes hopefully it'll be (laughs) great
To get to know today's guest even more, you will find links to their personal accounts in the episode notes. Thank you for listening to the Discover Freedom podcast. Continue to learn more about the Enneagram by following along on Instagram at Enneagram underscore Discover Freedom. You can also find me online at www.mistyescobar.net to learn more about the coaching services that I offer. This is Misty Escobar, and I hope you'll connect with me again next week as we hear from another Enneatype.